glad we watched the oc where unlike some people on this show we are full of gay pride (laughs) and not gay panic (laughs) happy pride everybody yay i'm sarah and this is evan what up what up what up what what up y'all today oh this is the show where we discuss in exhaustive and absolutely correct sequential detail (laughs) Every episode of seminal aughts television program, The O.C. Pause for a dramatic effect. That's what what that was. Yep. It's what we do. Uh, We have some breaking news. Speaking of pride, the drag ban in Tennessee has been ruled unconstitutional. So, okay, you sent me a thing by a federal judge? Yeah. So, what do you think? This is They're going to appeal and they're trying going to take it to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court's going to say, yeah, that's cool. Like, it, the ban is good. What do you think? I, again, think this is just a lot of posturing to make marginalized folks scared. Mm-hmm. I think this is the thing where you're shifting the Overton window to mm-hmm. what we're going to... I can't, I want everybody to take this with the, all of our listeners who are listening to take what I'm saying with a grain of salt. All two of you. Because I'm not a political analyst, but I think they just want to make people scared, want to distract people from actual issues. Mm-hmm. So they're going to come up with something else. Like, we watched that video earlier this morning about how, I say earlier this morning, it's 8 p.m., on a Saturday. Saturday? Yep, that's where we are. Um, Three day a weekend, baby. We watched a video about the person who has worked with corporations for pride, talking about how large corporations are pulling back this year because of various factors, but also because the political atmosphere right now is bad. Mm-hmm. So, I think the pendulum is not necessarily going to swing but i think we're maybe in stasis right now for a little while i certainly hope that i mean because you know it seems pretty obvious it's i mean obviously like it should be they no one should be allowed to say what the fuck you can legally wear like anywhere like that's you know Mm -hmm. anyone that's like more freedoms like Fuck you. <laughs> like, you should be able to, that should be priority, like, whatever. You know what I mean? Without looking at the article that I found, I'm going to paraphrase. The judge said that it was both irrationally specific and very uh, broad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sort of both at the same time. And not enforceable in any meaningful way. Cool beans. Or constitutional. Yay. So, Everybody in Tennessee gets to have a pride, except for Taylor Swift. No pride for you, Taylor Swift. In in sad 
news. Um, Wait, can I yell about Taylor Swift for a second? Do it. Have at it. (laughs) Taylor Swift has not said anything about trans lives, about drag bands, about until last night in Chicago, where she said something very briefly on stage. Chicago, very famous liberal city, very safe space Mm -hmm. to say it. No loss for Tay Tay. She said something about, very brief about it, and then she recited her own lyrics to her second worst song ever, (laughs) You Need to Calm Down. That's the one where she says, Shade never made anybody less gay, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which is a fundamental misunderstanding of what makes a person gay and what shade is <laughs> just both of those concepts no pride for taylor nope 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 all right sad news uh what the fucking supreme court um eight to one there was one dissenting person so that means your fucking liberal judges also voted um to increase the rights that corporations have to sue unions if workers go on strike. Evan corporations are people. <laughs> oh, that's right, I forgot. Shit. Shit, I keep forgetting that they're that they're living, breathing human beings Be like nice you and to I. To the people. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we're going to keep fucking striking cuz fuck 'em. And uh, at our union meeting today, we were like, well, we really don't have any money anyway, so <laughs> let them fucking come after us. <laughs> SAG-AFTRA is inching ever closer to going on strike. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be fun. We continue to support the WGA strike in as the tiny little ways that we can, mostly just by saying, good job. Yay. Because Yay. we ain't writers. We are not. Nope. We could probably come up with some cool signs for the writer strike. I'd, yeah, I'd draw like a butt or something and be like, this is a picture of a butt. We're on strike. Summer Robert says, ew. (laughs) Yeah, Summer says, union busting, ew. (laughs) Topical and relevant and timely. We would be great. All right, is that the news? Do we have anything else? That's it. In this episode 24. 24. Titled The The Proposal. Proposal. We did it. Perfect. I feel like you can hear your fingers flicking. (laughs) No one is going to think we're naturally good at (laughs) saying things in chorus. Our marriage is a sham. Um, oh no, I lost my pillow. Oh no! Oh no! Can you reach it with your tiny arms? No, I can't have to get up to do it. Okay. Fill some air. So we begin this episode zoomed very close in on one. Mu- oh, I'll get you the the taller pillow because it's just gonna keep falling out of the back. Okay. Where are we looking? One Marissa Cooper, right? It is one Marissa Cooper. And her face is weeping tears. Uh-huh. She's very sad. They're in a movie theater. The viewer sort of gradually realizes they're in a movie theater because they're pulling back away from her face and she's surrounded by dark. Yeah. On the previously on, this is the reason that this uh, this opening scene is sort of a fun, sort of fun because the previously on was uh, her like slapping Luke and being like, I never want 
never see you again. And like, you know, I hate you. And she's super sad. And then she's talking to her mom and she's like, yeah, call Dr. Blah, blah. Tell them that I blahed. Do you want me to talk to freaking Caleb about the reason that I ran away? Mom? So anyway, then, yeah. So uh, episode 24, we open up on Marissa's face. She is crying them tears. We're in a movie theater. The credits are supposed to be, according to the OC's website, the movie is supposed to be the triplets of Belleville. Oh! But it is actually not. It's a thing that the art department cobbled together that was like a homage to the crew, if you look closely. Interesting. But this does connect with something that happens in the final scene. Because yes, it does. Because we'll talk about it then. No spoilers. This is era. I thought it. What did I think it was? I it, thought it was Moulin Rouge. Yeah, you thought it was Moulin Rouge. Because there is a red windmill. Yeah, as they're watching the credits, there's a little scene portrayed of Paris. It's got the Eiffel Tower. It's got a red windmill. So I assumed, and because Marissa is crying, I assumed it was. And she says, "It's just so sad." And Moulin Rouge is obviously very sad. Um, never seen it. We who did I, think, I, tr- no, we I tried to watch it. I tried to watch it. I got ten minutes in, and I was like, "You and I tried to watch it. I yeah. tried to show it to you." Yeah, I was like, "I seem to recall this being fun." It did to my brain what watching exactly one to three TikToks on the TikTok platform does to my brain. Yeah, Baz Lerman, holy shit. Baz Luhrmann Lermond all over that fucking thing. Yes. It is that yeah, that is the most disjointed, frantic, like jarring, almost nauseating editing yeah. ever. And there's actually a lot of fast editing in this episode. I wonder if they watched Baz Luhrmann's Elvis Moulin Rouge. <laughs> Here, let's figure out when Moulin Rouge came up. Um, I do also want... When did Baz Luhrmann's Moulin Rouge come out? In the United States of America, Moulin Rouge came out on May 16, 2001. They could not have been watching it in theaters. Nope. Because this was in 2000, probably, and four. Yep. Well, that's fine. In the spirit of the season, fuck your drag. Yes, correct. Yes. Correct. Um, this is the very, just out the gate, this is the very first instance of gay panic that there we get. There is so much in this fucking episode. It's, it's truly, the coincidence is stunning. Um, it is Pride Weekend in where we live in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. We can dox ourselves. It's fucking fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> We're not going to Pride Fest because we are old. I threw out my back. Evan threw out his back. Doing fucking very little, probably. Well, you... It was a big printing week. You did stuff two days in a row, and you famously never stretch. Stretching is for people who don't enjoy lower back pain, unlike me. (laughs) Everyone always knows, I'm all the time saying, I love me that lower back pain. All the time you are saying oh, this. Oh, it's well, it's my catchphrase. But we support and love all the kiddos who are going to Pride and having a fabulous time. I hope everyone is safe and enjoying themselves. Yes. 
So the gay panic arises because Seth is crying <laughs> yeah. at the triplets of Belleville. And Ryan is sitting in the row of the teens, just kind of stone-faced. And it's a combination of stone-faced and bewildered looking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He, it like, he's like a robot who has experienced an emotion for the first time. <laughs> like, just like ob- observing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, ben, not Ben McKenzie. Ben McKenzie. Yeah. Yeah. His acting style, like, there's... Are you putting finger quotes around acting? No, I mean, you get to... in This episode... So, okay, episode 23, The Nana, we talked about how good... The what's Nana. her name? Lena, or is it Zel- Zelna, Liza... Liza Minnelli. So, she's great. Like she <laughs> Linda Laven. Thank you. She's so good. Um, and so, I've started really sort of trying to pay closer attention to everyone's kind of acting style, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and the choices that they make with, like... Facial expressions and body language and, you know, little, little things. And, um, this episode is a really, this scene is a really fun study in the differences among these four actors and how they approach their characters and how they express themselves. For example, I would describe, uh, Misha Barton's style of acting as being held at gunpoint. <laughs> Um, Ben McKenzie is obviously very underplayed. Yeah. Understated, rather. Yeah. Who plays fucking Summer? Jackie Gleason. Rachel Bilson. Thank you. You were close. (laughs) Both of them have talked about Bill Hader's dick. Jackie Gleason? No. (laughs) Um, Is Rachel Bilson a Scientologist? No. Or turf? No. Who am I thinking of? Um, oh, I'm thinking of what's her name? The one that we actually, the character that I liked who moved back to Pittsburgh. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's like a weird. Samara Armstrong is the actress's name. The uh, character's name she's was like, Anna. Yeah, she's like a MAGA or something now, right? Yep. Like a MAGA turf or something? Yep. Boo. Boo. Anyway, um, I don't know what I, I, I would, I would, you know what? No, quirky. I would describe her acting style as quirky. We've said this before, but it was the Drew Barrymore style of acting very much. Like, the breathy kind of... Mm-hmm. Um, she let her scarves do a lot of the work in scenes also. Oh, I was talking about Rachel Bilson. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah, 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 no, I was talking about Anna. But Anna has been gone for a while, so fuck my drag. So... <laughs> um, <laughs> And then I would say um, Seth Cohen, uh, a.k.a. Andrew Garfield. Oh, my God. No. Jacob. Fuck. Seth Cohen is played by, don't tell me, Anthony Kiedis. Wait. We? Um, uh, no, we don't have enough time for you <laughs> to get through this. Adam Brody. Yes! Shit! <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's very torso forward. His acting. <laughs> Stop relying on and that, that torso. torso. Um, it's very someday I will be cast in Fleischman is in trouble, and I will have grown into my torso. 
So, yeah, they're like uh, poking fun at Seth because he's crying. He's like, it's allergies. The pollen count is insane. (laughs) So it becomes apparent that they're all kind of essentially on suicide watch for Marissa. Yep. They're talking about like having a sleepover and taking shifts of being awake. And Marissa's like, why the fuck would you? Oh, Oh, everyone thinks I'm sad, yep. but I'm fine. But then she ends up screaming about how Luke and her mom slept together, and everyone's like, you're not fine. Well, um... And then they go to Jamba Juice. Yeah, so, okay. This show, of course, loves a coincidence. It loves to make coincidental happenstance... Um, oh, that's right. Rendezvous, or or what is it when you bump into someone... A bumping into. What is uh, that? Um, there's got to be a word. You know what I mean? Yeah. Collisions. My, I don't know. Anyway. My brain is settling on the word Persephone. And that's not... <laughs> I took one nap today. <laughs> I'm a nap girly now. My brain is scrambled. Um, so, okay. They're like, we're going to... Oh yeah, she's like, let's go, let's go and get some juice, and they're like, yay! At Jamba Juice, because, is that specifically what they say? Yep, they're in a mall. Yes, there is the only one thing to do at the mall if there is not an Orange Julius. I was gonna say, <laughs> and that is get Jamba Juice, and then go to Hot Topic. So we cut to Luke, who is sitting at a table. We don't exactly know where, but he does look like it could be in a mall food court. It, and he looks pretty shifty. And who comes upon him but one Julie Cooper. And she is, like, dressed like a starlet from the 30s who's trying to be incognito. She's got a fucking bucket hat. But with a 2000s vibe, because there's a bucket hat. Yeah, if it was actually in the 1930s, she'd have, like, a headscarf, Mm -hmm. right? And the sunglasses. The sunglasses, and uh, she'd be fully in a trench coat. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, but now she's got her pink bucket hat. (laughs) And her sunglasses. Yep. She sits down and she's like, what did you need to talk about, Luke? And he's like, I, I just needed to to see you. Blah. And she's what? Oh, no. He's like, oh, what does he say? He's like, the razzle dazzle is really Razzmatazz. good. The razzmatazz is really good. You should get something to drink. And, she's and like, if we were in 2003, we would have put it together right now that, oh, shit, they're at the same Jamba Juice. Mm-hmm. Because that the razzmatazz is a drink at the Jamba Juice. Back when no one cared about grams of sugar. So she's like, Luke, I'm not staying. What the fuck did you need to talk about? And does he even get to say anything before what happens happens? No, no, because they love doing this also. So the four teens are we we cut to them and they're walking And Marissa's like, you guys, I told you, you don't have to be nervous about me. I'm fought. And then we see that she sees Luke and Luke makes a face. And then we cut back to Marissa's face. And then we cut to Julie's face. And Julie's face is looking at Marissa's face. And Julie's face is great because Julie's face is like the audience's face. Julie's face is like, are you kidding me? (laughs) Her face is like fucking shoot me just drag me into the street and shoot me dead like a rabid dog we're gonna do where i wouldn't call this up top 
but because we're well into the episode now. But this is a very eventful episode. Yes. This is the first of but many events that happened. I think so many events more so happen in this. There's episode. a lot crammed in this fucking episode. <laughs> Remember the episode where we basically spent it in Teresa's backyard and there was only a small possibility of menace. Yep. This is, this is, they're, they're, they're correcting their course. Correcting. <laughs> yeah. We're steering the ship into rocky waters here. Everybody. Also, the the ingredients of a razzmatazz. Do they still make a razzmatazz? I guess. Holy shit. Grape, pear, berry juice blend, orange sherbet, strawberries, sherbet, sherbet? Sherbet. Strawberries and bananas. Unpackaged menu items are not guaranteed to be allergen free. <laughs> That is so many juices. That is, that's too much. That's so much. It yeah. just feels like it would just be a, just a mess. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if our microphones will be picking this up or not, but if you hear a peeping, uh, that is the, one of the neighborhood car- <coughs> cardinals who visits our bird feeder. Yep. So. He has very strong opinions on Luke. Our third co-host will be, <laughs> yep, there he is. <laughs> third co-host for this podcast will be the, <laughs> the cardinal. I'm assuming I'm assuming you can hear him. Um, oh yeah, I'm looking at the waveform. There's you could absolutely hear him. The patron, the <laughs> Patreon is going to just be the cardinal. Just the cardinal. <laughs> no, we have to take it down like immediately because it turns out he's anti-Semitic. <laughs> he's just like <laughs> raging about Zionists. Yeah. Um. That Julie's like, just fucking kill me. And then uh, cut back to uh, Marissa, who's going to finish her sentence. And she's like, not fine. And she walks away. And it's, oh, no, that's right. Um, uh, uh, Seth makes a joke. He's like, I guess we're not going to get a razzmatazz. He really wanted the razzmatazz, you guys. Anyway, Jesus Christ. My dude. So opinionated. (laughs) Should I close the window? Nah, it's fine. Okay. So we cut immediately after credits to Gay Panic Part 2. Because, and it's a very restrained shot. Yeah. Considering considering in like episode one or two, (laughs) Ryan was basically doing chin-ups. so loud. He's really into Ryan, okay? (laughs) But do you remember he was basically doing chin-ups yes! in, like, the fucking uh, foster kids prison yard or whatever. Right? Shirtless. Yeah. And they're, the, like, panning lovingly up and down his body. <laughs> this is kind of a, a, a demure angle. He is putting on a... Tank top. Wife pleaser. Oh, is that what they're calling them now? This, I hate it so much, but yes, some people call them. Okay, it's fine. Whatever. Yes. There's, there's much bigger hills on which to die. Yes. I don't give a shit. Yes. Why not just call it a tank? Why do people not just call them tanks? Tank tops are different. This is a very specific cut and a very specific kind of material. Is it just a racerback tank top? Because no. that's fine. No, it's not. It's its own thing. Fine. Ryan is putting his shirt on, and Seth comes in and is like, oh, my God. Yeah, he's like, oh, I'll just avert my eyes. 
and Ryan's like, oh, so you're crying at movies and walking in on me changing, huh? What's all that about? And Seth's like, my allergies are making my cock erect. <laughs> it's the allergies. Uh, we, I would love to know where the writers' heads were at with this. Like, <laughs> what prompted them to write this scene? Yeah. I, I. What prompted them to include this stupid running gag throughout the entirety of this episode? These are my questions. I have so many of them. There are several, many questions. Why did Seth walk in on him? I don't remember. Um, what was the actual purpose in the story this was supposed to serve? I think they came, he came <coughs> in to talk about Marissa. No, no, yes. no, 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 no. He, you're right. Hmm? There's this piece of dialogue. Um, Seth says, so what's the plan? Cause they're still, I think referring to the plan of keeping Marissa safe and occupied. Ah, yes. And Ryan says, I'm going to find Luke, then I'm going to beat him up. Oh, that's right. And he's like, we should, uh, he's like, where are you going to look? He's like, I'm going to look down by the docks. I'm going to look down by the cockfighting ring. And then uh, Seth says, why not look in the backyard? Because he's fucking here, dude. Because here he comes a skulkin. His hair. That's the sound of Luke coming in. Yes. His middle part is middle parted. God's. He's really parted. Whatever. He's got fabulous hair. Everyone in this episode, except for Jimmy, has fabulous hair. Like, everyone. We continue to have so much beef with Jimmy's hairstylist. It's like, but everyone else, for me at least, is extremely on point like How everything you- marissa does with her hair is super cute um kirsten's hair is cute like she's figured out what to do to make it not look stupid real quick rank their main recurring character's hair okay um luke is my number one okay ryan is my no nope. sandy and ryan are tied okay um then it's um, Haley and Marissa are tied, followed by Summer. Um, nope, Summer and Seth are tied, followed by oh shit, Julie Cooper is higher than that. Julie Cooper is, but she had just terrible. No, who had the bangs? Did they both have bangs? At various You're thinking points. in various points, Kirsten had awful bangs, but okay. not in this episode. Okay. Kirsten's hair is fine in this episode. Okay. Also, her eye makeup was very nice. It okay. was very subtle, sort of like a shade of rose. So, I lost track of who I was. I was ranking and how. But the bottom, um, Caleb is just above um, Jimmy because Caleb's hair is actually nice. Like, yeah. Actually, like, it's just not, I don't know. It's, pro- it's probably baldest of me, uh, as a bald, to uh, to rank him so low. But Jimmy's hair is absolutely at the very, very bottom of the totem pole. Yeah, it's just, it's like, it looks dry and greasy at the same time somehow. <laughs> it's just, yeah. It's not good. Mm-mm. Anyway, um, what were we talking about? So they have found Luke in the backyard 
of the pool house, the front yard of the pool house, whatever. Oh, God, we're still there. We're half an hour into this episode, and we're still in the second scene. Yep. Let's let's pick up the pace. Let's Here we go. go. Here we go. Here we go. Let's talk about hairstyles. Luke is telling everyone, wants to talk to Marissa very, very badly because he announces that he is moving to Portland. Yep. Because his dad uh, got a job there or something, and they just want a clean break yep. from everything. Yeah, Luke says, like, no one will talk to me here. I have no friends here. Ryan's really giving it to him. He's also like, you got no friends here. Yeah. You got no friends anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Piece of shit. And it's really sad because, I mean, you can't have a five-person core group, I guess. But I really liked the dynamic when Luke was getting along with everyone. Yeah. And also, like... <sighs> he was just like their big, dumb puppy dog. He was their big, dumb puppy who was willing to punch if necessary. Luke punch. He was one of the few people, and he says it in this episode. He was like, Ryan, I had your back with the whole Oliver thing. And Luke was like, or sorry, Ryan's like, I didn't fuck Marissa's mom. I mean, fair. (laughs) Fair. 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 So he's, they're like, da-da-da, Marissa doesn't want to talk to you, and Luke essentially just flounces. Yeah. Um, do we show him getting into the car and the foreshadowing? Uh, yes, yes, we do foreshadow that he is driving his enormous truck all over the place. Yes. So now we are in the Cohen Kitchen stronghold. <laughs> I would love to do a breakdown of the, the the percentage of scenes that take place in specific locations mm-hmm. and see how many scenes take place in the Cohen Kitchen stronghold. Yes. It's basically the entire show. Apologies now to listeners. I'm going to be eating some of this um, delicious rhubarb lemon cake that Sarah made earlier. So if you hear chewing noises, that's what the fuck that is. So there you go. Boy, misophonia listeners and people who don't like cardinals are going to have a real tough time (laughs) with this one. (laughs) So Sandy is basically saging the place. Because he is convinced that a disaster is going to befall the opening of Meatloaf and Martinis. <laughs> two Meatloaf, two Martinis, two the mar- restaurant. Yep. Um, and lo and behold, while the adults are kind of talking in the kitchen, he finds a piece of paper that is very significant because it has denied them their liquor license. Mm-hmm. Dun, dun, dun. It's been reneged? Um, no. I think that's the word they keep using. And I would have thought that it would have been revoked or rescinded, but they use reneged every time. Yeah. And that's weird to me. You can say someone reneged on a promise. Uh Uh-huh. So I think the writers who... We can just add this to the list of things they don't know about. Grammar. They do not know what words mean. They can't do writing good. (laughs) We've known that for a while now. Yes. So that's what they were trying to say. Oh, yeah. Jimmy comes in at one point. He's like, hey, everybody, today's the big day. And that's where they do their dumb handshake. (laughs) Yes. Well, you and I need to memorize this handshake now, by the way, so we can do it with each other. It'll be on our Patreon 
when we go to video. A video of us do. Oh, when we make the ine- inevitable pivot to video. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, also, Haley comes in mm-hmm. in basically a Jessica Rabbit dress. It's a really cute dress is the thing. Like, in my opinion, it is a very cute dress. But as we like to say in the biz, the titties are tittying. Yes. Yes. Significantly. Yes. Yeah. And all of the men are like, (laughs) yep. Yeah. Bugging eyes, the whole thing. (laughs) Yep. And she's like, I don't know, you guys. Is this appropriate for being the hostess? Or do I put the hoe in hostess? And yes. (laughs) <laughs> both of those things. You can you can be correct in both aspects. It's also notable that she doesn't wear that to the event later in the episode. She's wearing a different dress. Yeah, but the event is a party. It's not the opening. Oh, okay. Okay. This also comes up because we were like, if they don't have a liquor license, how can everyone have champagne yes. at this party? Yes, yes, yes. And, you know, maybe instead of having a whole scene of homophobia, we could have had a little <laughs> exposition explaining to the dumb viewers. Well, we could have booze at the party because it's not actually the grand opening because we're not charging anybody for it because it's all free. But if you're going to sell it the best one, you got to get the liquor license. <laughs> That's what Sandy sounds like. It was also, this is jumping ahead, but it was very hilarious to me that in the party scene, all of the bottles were turned around so the labels were facing the wall. Yeah. But you could absolutely tell every single one what they were. Oh, yeah? Yeah. What were they? There was a bottle of Malibu. There was a bottle of Jack Daniels. <laughs> there was. Those are the two that I remember off the top of my head. But they like, were drinking wine. Could you tell what any of the wines were? No. No? No, I'm not good All with just wine. Yellowtail? Yeah, it's all Yellowtail. <laughs> Did Yellowtail exist in 2003? Who cares? I'm Moving look- on. I guess I'm not looking it up. <laughs> <laughs> um... Uh, that that's when it's after Haley enters the room that they find the mail saying that they don't have a liquor's license. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Um, Kirsten goes to get a pair of shoes for Haley. Yes, Haley mentions I don't have shoes to go with it. Yeah. When she comes in. So that's when Kirsten excuses herself. And then Sandy is also absent. From well, Andy's, Sandy's like, I gotta go call the... The commissioner's office, see what this shirt is just a mixed up. Yep. So that's when. This is a very different voice for Sandy than I typically do. I don't know what's happening right now. It's the back pain, Sandy. (laughs) You can't fully access your diaphragm. Back pain, Sandy, fears his ugly head. Yes. So, of course, Haley is like, so do you like my. My dress. Do you like my titties in the dress? Mr. Jimmy Boy. Mr. Jimmy Coopy. And he's like, oh, gosh, you're real purdy. My hair is real dumb. <laughs> what do they fucking talk about? Despite, I don't care what they talk about. Despite the dumbness of his hair, they smooch. They smooch. And then Kirsten comes back in the room. She's and- like, yeah, yeah, you hear her. Sorry, you hear her approaching. She's like, hey, Kelly, do you remember about your shoes? Because they have a chance to separate awkwardly and sort of like rub the backs of their necks and be like, we were absolutely not smooching. Because they haven't told anybody that they are smooching. That they are smooch buddies. They're smorching. <laughs> They're smirching it yes. up as smooch friends. 
Uh, Kirsten's face is definitely like, were they smouching? Yeah. Kirsten has a lot to deal with in this episode, if you think about it. Kirsten's really going through it in this episode. So, next scene, Summer arrives at Marissa's apartment to hang out with her, and I mentally noted, what are the dimensions of Jimmy's apartment? (laughs) It seems to shift and change according to what is necessary for the plot. I apologize in advance for making this reference, but is it the Room of Requirement from Harry Potter? Wow. Yeah. I've never read a single one of those books, and I only saw the first movie. So I don't know what that is. And in the month of Pride. Is it like a House of Leaves kind of thing? No, it's just a room that shows up whenever you need it and kind of is amorphous and... That. That sounds dumb. Yep. Fuck J.K. Rowling. Correct. Translates matter. Okay. Um. So yes, the Jimmy's apartment is very confusing. Yeah. Um. I mean, it could just be because they only filmed scenes in whatever the living room was. Mm-hmm. But suddenly, there's this whole upstairs to this apartment. Yeah, we've seen y- people. Y- did- yeah. Before, also, Marissa was like, I have to sleep on the couch because there is no room for me. Mm -hmm. So, like, where did this extra upstairs room come from? So they make their way up to Marissa's room and it's filled with boxes. She has not unpacked anything. She has, uh, she was just said something like, I guess I felt like if I didn't unpack, none of this was real. Mm -hmm. Which, fair, relatable. Yeah. Relatable teen, teen stuff. And uh, this is the thinnest excuse for a B-plot in the world, <laughs> by the way. But I guess it's because it couldn't be drama, 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 drama on all the beats. Yeah, and you know, it actually, it bookends the episode nicely mm-hmm. in a way that is satisfying. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will say that it gives them an excuse to build a little bit more closeness between Summer and Marissa. Seth. Oh, and Seth. And and Marissa, for sure. And Marissa. Yeah. Because again, their relationship seemed just for the f- sheer plot convenience of it all sometimes. Does their friendship pass the Bechdel test? Fuck. Well, they were talking about body scrubs. <laughs> so yes yeah I think that passes <laughs> yeah so uh, Co- or, uh, uh, Summer is like yeah Coop what are we going to do next we could do body scrubs we could do we could wax our puss we could steam our <laughs> anuses we could bleach our taints and uh, Coop is like I don't know about that I like my taint just the way it is <laughs> She's like, I think I'm going to, what is, what does she say? What is Coop going to do? Because Summer says, I'll stay behind. She's- oh, uh, oh, 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 uh, uh, um, some, uh, Marissa said she's going to get lunch with Ryan. Yes. And yeah, Summer's like, I'm going to stay here because my stepmother got all her wisdom teeth out and is on Percocet and drooling everywhere. And I would rather not. So... That's the flimsy excuse that Summer has for extreme Marissa room makeover (laughs) summer edition. Yeah. 
I liked that. You like it? Yeah. Did you like it like it or did you like it because I made an expectant face at you? That wasn't an expectant face. That was a, yeah, no, that's a self-satisfied face. (laughs) I love that face. Okay. But same question. No, I liked it, liked it. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So Marissa's also like, okay, you're a weirdo, but I guess you can stay in my shitty apartment for some reason. She leaves, and Summer, we we do a slow dolly in on her. Uh Uh-huh. We learned a camera term, everybody. Uh, We dolly in on Summer, and she's like, hmm, tappy-tappy on my chin. Yes. And, yeah, it starts, again, a very flimsy B-plot, but I think it's it's cute. It is cute. So now we're out on the pier with Marissa and Ryan, and Ryan's like... Luke wants to see you. Do you want to see Luke? And she's like, fuck no, I fucking hate Luke now. And I never want to speak to him again. And she says, I want to keep that part of my life separate from this part of my life. Mm -hmm. And what are you talking about? Yeah, I, uh, what? I don't know. (laughs) Doesn't make a lot of sense. So we go from her saying that to just complete non sequitur. They're posed sexually against this pier. There are pigeons running around. Um, someone should give the pigeons a piece of pretzel, but nobody <laughs> does. Um, just out of nowhere, Ryan's like, you know what we haven't done in a while? And then he smorches her. So, okay, this I found to be confusing. Yes. Because, let's rewind. They broke up Uh because, well, first they broke up because Marissa thought that Ryan was creepy and didn't respect her because of her friendship with Oliver. Mm -hmm. Then they mega broke up because she um, didn't believe him about Oliver and it turned out he was right. Mm -hmm. And he didn't feel that anybody respected or trusted him. When he was in the right the whole time. So he was the one that was hurt. And he was the one for the next few episodes that was like, I don't think we can be together because I can't trust you. Right? I think they have been ineffectively, I will say. (laughs) But they have been laying the groundwork a little bit over the last couple episodes for them to get back together. Like, (sighs) Ryan softening towards her. And I think more... More so than being trusted, I think that he wants a broken bird to fix. Mm -hmm. I think he wants to feel like the strong guy. Yeah? Yeah. I guess if I were to try and make any of this make sense for me, maybe the whole Teresa plotline was there... Their excuse for that's him softening I, to Marissa. That's what I mean. Like, it's yeah. clarified what he actually wanted and what that was, was mm-hmm. Marissa. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Sure. So, I guess I guess they're, like, back together? Uh-huh. Because he's like, yeah, smooch, smooch, smooch. Uh, they're doing a slow pan. No, sorry, a slow dolly. Uh, oh. <laughs> out. Away from them when they're on the pier. Where do we go from here? We go back to... uh, Meat and cake. Marissa's bedroom. I'm having my cake and eating it. You are. Uh, Seth comes over to Marissa's bedroom where Summer is and is like, 
you want to have sex in Marissa's bed? This is weird. I can't even see the bed. And she's like, no, you fucking asshole. We're going to fucking do a home and makeover edition room summer time. <laughs> it landed better the first time, but it's still good. I, I'm just going to fucking keep going with it. I appreciate it. Yep. Consistency. Yep. So he's like, all right, what the fuck are we doing? I don't know anything about this shit. And she's like, hmm. You cry at movies. You don't know how to use a hand. Oh, that comes later. But yeah, she's like, you don't know how to tools. God, it's like the next thing I'm going to find out is that you walk in on Ryan changing. And then she like hilariously storms out. And he's like, Ugh. he's like, yeah. <laughs> you're right. Let's go get tools. He basically reacts like... Link does every time one of the fairies blows a kiss at him. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I love it. I love it. That's what it was. Um, so they're going to go to the hardware store yep. to get some tools. And we're there going to continue to insinuate that Seth is homosexual. <laughs> Throughout the entirety of this fucking episode. So now we're back at the lighthouse. The excuse me, two meatloafs and two martinis. <laughs> and Sandy is talking to the guy who works for the liquor. This is the inspector. Inspector. Yeah, but he works for the liquor board commissioner guy. Yeah. And he's like, nah, dude, this wasn't a mistake. Denying your liquor license. Your liquor license got denied because Jimmy Cooper fucked up. My boss's funds. Yep. And you should drop Jimmy Cooper from this, excuse me, partnership. And not only is this wildly unethical and incredibly illegal, and I don't, God, it would be, wouldn't it be great if one of the characters on this show was a lawyer? It's really <laughs> too bad none of them are, though. It's really too bad yeah. that, it's really too bad that the inspector didn't admit fully to a licensed lawyer that an elected official was specifically holding a personal grudge against a business owner. And if that person wasn't a lawyer, maybe he had a friend who was a blonde lady <laughs> who was a lawyer. <laughs> it's really too bad that none of the characters are lawyers, though. Yeah. Um, that's the only shame. thing that I can think of to make this make sense is legally, when you open a restaurant, you have you get this barred. Do you? That's the. <laughs> <laughs> You're thinking that would be the only thing that would make sense. Yes. <laughs> well, you're a restaurateur now. You're disbarred. Like obviously, that's just what happens. Give me your lawyer name tag. Give me your little briefcase. Hand in your gun and badge. Give me your habeas corpus. <laughs> yeah, so that is one thing that I did not like about this plot point. Yeah. Is like, dude, you just admitted to a fucking lawyer that your your boss is, like, essentially committing a felony. <laughs> like, oh, well. Forget it. Even kid. if it's not a felony, it's at least a massive abuse of power. Forget it, kid. It's Newport Beach. <laughs> um, yeah, so this is Sandy's dilemma. Yep. 
So now we're back at the apartment and Ryan and Marissa are continuing to smorch. They're bringing their smorching in from the pier to the couch. And she's like, I missed this or something like that. Oh, first she's like, what should I make for lunch? I can make mac and cheese or I can make mac and cheese. And he's like, maybe let's make face on face. (laughs) And she's like, you're right. We're going to have a big dinner. Smooch, 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 smooch. (laughs) (laughs) And so while she's basically on Ryan's lap, there is a knock at the door. Hark. Nark, nark, nark. And Ryan's like, is that your dad? And she's like, no, he has a key. Dumbass. (laughs) So who is it? Who's at the door, Evan? I just really love the idea that Ryan thinks Jimmy is such a loser. He wouldn't even have a key to his own apartment. (laughs) Anyway. You're emancipated, right? (laughs) It is one Caleb and Nicole. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. They're both like, hello, Mr. Nicole. Hello, children. This is kind of funny. Smorching, eh? This was a little funny to me. I remember Um, when my lips worked. He says, um, Marissa says, hi, Mr. Nickel. And he says, call me Caleb. And Ryan says, hi, Mr. Nickel. And he doesn't say anything. Yeah. (laughs) That was a little, it was a little frisson (laughs) of delight. You you get, you take the frissons where you can get them. Oh, yeah. In this show. So Caleb has come to ask for Marissa's blessing to propose if bum, we, bum, bum. to whom? Jimmy Cooper. J- Julie. <laughs> Wouldn't that be funny? That would be pretty funny. I'm coming out <laughs> to your dad. <laughs> we have similar hair. I think we have a lot in common. He whips off his tux and there's a Speedo underneath. (laughs) There's a palm tree that comes in out of nowhere and everybody is going unce, unce, unce. Happy Pride, everybody. Yes. Oh, yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah. He's like, he wants to propose to Julie. Okay, next question. Whomst would you want to most see in a Speedo at Pride? Male or female edition? Um, gosh. Do you know what my answer is? Sandy. It's Sandy. I was going to say Sandy. However, also a little bit Seth, just to finally be able to unravel the mysteries of what's happening under that shirt. (laughs) How long is the torso? You're not allowed a tape measure in this scenario. I think this is a real, you know what, honestly, I think his body is a real Calvin and Hobbes situation going on. Do you remember what, what Hobbes looks like? Yes. Where it's like, it's like 2% head. Yep. 80% body. 20% 20% feet or whatever. Twenty. Uh, my math is off, but... The two of listeners that are listening right now, we want you to know that we celebrate all bodies. This is done in a lighthearted manner. Yes. And he absolutely does grow into his torso as he ages. Yes, he does. No, and he's, he's hot a, now, he's and it's hottie. not fair. Yeah. No, he's a, he's a mega hottie. Yep. Um, Speedo edition. I'd, I'd be curious to see what Caleb looks like in a Speedo. I bet he's got, like, one of them nice older men daddy kind of bodies. Yeah. You know, he looks kind of like a little bit like a... He looks like a bear in sheep's clothing. Yeah. Or a bear in wolf's clothing. I don't know. Yeah, he's I, kind of a wolf mm-hmm. on the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does that I make... Think. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay. Um, my second, ooh, no, he's legal. <laughs> what, Luke? Yeah, my, <laughs> my, my runner-up for this question is Luke. Do you know what? Anime definitely has this on American television. Every American television show should have the pool episode. Yeah. Where everyone gets to wear their, their little swimming outfit. Or the we're going to the beach for the school trip episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And everyone is there for some reason. Mm-hmm. Caleb is there for some reason. Julie is there for some reason. Fucking Oliver is there so for some reason. When this show gets inevitably rebooted by AI. <laughs> because... Didn't we say at the beginning next year is the 20th mm-hmm. anniversary mm-hmm. of this show? Yep. And we are therefore ahead of the curve by recapping this. Wait, shit. No. Is it this year? No, man. Is this 2023? I don't Yeah. Yeah. Because it started in 2003, didn't it? Did it? This is the... Yeah. Oh, shit. We're still ahead of the curve. We are, though. Correct. Yes. 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 So it's going to be brought back and AI is going to write it. Mm-hmm. We can We can hack into the AI engines and go... Beach episode. Bleep, 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 blorp. Beach yes. episode. Yes. Yep. Do we think Caleb is dead? Almost assuredly. <laughs> what? Who plays Caleb Nickel? I don't know. Okay. I'm not going to look it up. We're going to try and keep this under three hours. Yes. Okay. We're not doing a great job right now. <laughs> so, Marissa needs to be scraped off of the floor after hearing this question. Of the asking for his blessing. I love that Caleb didn't even really ask for her blessing. He was basically just like, I wanted to get your blessing. I'm definitely marrying your mother. Okay, bye. <laughs> Not getting like any of the kids' actual opinions on it. Does he blackmail her here nope, or that's later? at the very, very end. Yep, okay. All right, so now we're back. Well, really quick though, I just do want to say that Marissa says, oh my God, if my mom marries Caleb Nickel, she'll be the most powerful woman in a Newport. She has to be stopped. Yeah. <laughs> Which, yeah. I'm all for Julie Cooper's super villainous arc. Like, honestly. I mean, as if putting myself in Marissa's position, absolutely. I do not want my mother to have any more power than she already does mm-hmm. in a soap opera villain position. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yes. Mm-hmm. Hundo P, I am here for this. Yeah, yeah. As me, me as myself, I'm like, oh, queen. Yes. Wear your crown. Yes, yes, yes. Like, wield thy scepter. Yes. <laughs> and do not do so with wisdom and grace. Do so with pettiness and spite. Slay. <laughs> Slay, queen. Slay. <laughs> so now we are back at the front entrance to the Cohen residence. Mm-hmm. And Luke is sitting on the steps waiting for Ryan to come home from making out with Marissa, which he does on his little bike, which... Brings up another question for me. Is he completely disallowed access to the Range Rover? He didn't actually crash it. <laughs> He's not the one that did anything to no. it. No. He did burn down a house, though. We've so come, did Luke. We've come so far. So did Luke. We've come so far from those days. <laughs> God. That feels like a year ago. It might have been. We're coming We're coming up on the one-year anniversary of this podcast, dude. Holy. Uh-huh. Look at us. Look at us. Good job. Um, we also have to renew the 
podcast no. hosting. Yeah. Yep, I think that's next month. Anyway, anyway, all right. So Ryan is like, no, dude, she's not going to talk to you. She does not want to talk to you. And in a classic uh, trampling over somebody's stated wishes, Luke is like, I have to talk to her, man. There's no other way that I'm going to be able to, to communicate this to her, man. And Ryan's like, why don't you write her a letter? And he's like, a letter? And the implication is he can't read. <laughs> Is that the implication? That's what I got. <laughs> Look, he was he was on he was allegedly on the soccer team that existed for one episode. They don't value the soccer team for the ability to read. You just gotta look at a bunch of squiggly little directions. You're, uh, on the whiteboard. I think you're thinking of the football team, but Do they also have squiggly you the soccer fully, have squigglies? You fully saw Ted Lasso. Do they do squigglies? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. I'm not a sportsman. I'm not as sportsy as you are. I'm very sportsy. But anyway, Luke then <laughs> climbs the ladder into his gargantuan truck and pulls off. He climbs the jack in the beanstalk. <laughs> fucking from the fucking into the woods. He, they he, get that prop. He climbs the goddamn Sheikah Tower from <laughs> fucking the tundra of Breath of the Wild into his enormous truck. He finds the giant horse, <laughs> who he named Anne. Because she has red hair. We Yep, we named the giant horse Anne. What did you name your giant horse in Breath of the Wild if you found the giant horse and, and got to keep it? Interact with us on Tumblr <laughs> and let us know. <laughs> O-Y-G-W-W-T-O-C.tumblr.com. <laughs> oh, God. Yes. Um. Okay, so... Where are we? Inside, we cut from this after uh, Luke gets into giant enormous truck of possible doom. Mm-hmm. Um, Chekhov's truck. Chekhov's truck. We go inside the house and Kirsten is wearing a dress and talking about getting ready for the party. It's the pre-opening party that yes. they're all going to. Yeah. Because what does this show love? A party. Yep. And this is when Sandy tells her that Jimmy is the reason that they don't have a liquor license. And she's like, but what if you asked my dad? And he's like, you know, I hate asking your dad, despite the fact we paused, I think, here and said to each other, this plot line has happened literally four times. <laughs> Sandy has been like, I hate your dad, but I want his money. Yep. Yeah. Can we remember what the other, I mean, we're a billion episodes into this fucking thing, but yeah. like, what are some of the other times he's been forced to have to collaborate with Caleb Nickel? Um, was there something? No, it, there wasn't anything about the actual adoption of Ryan. Um, the 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 fucking nope nope we're gonna be here all night if we're trying to think of things but there were 69 times when this <laughs> happened and you will just have to trust right? us i can i can see the conversations in my head oh cal i hate you so much but i've got to ask you for a fucking favor yep i hate you you're a piece of shit cal yep 
Anyway. So someone on the writing staff has a humiliation complex. Yes. Yes. We know this. Yes. We absolutely know this. Kink is what I was going to say, not complex. Yeah. It's pride. <laughs> Be a bitch to your best friends at pride. Um, uh, but I, the, the, oh, Sandy is drinking scotch in this scene mm-hmm. or some kind of scotch whiskey. Adjacent Honey, I'm going to need a few more of these if I'm going to ask your dad for help, uh-huh. is what he says. Yes. Oh, it should be noted that she's not just saying that he he should do this abysmal thing that he hates doing, that he finds abhorrent. Apparently, he has, quote unquote, exhausted all other options. Mm-hmm. He's tried to call in all of his favors, yep. yada, 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 all of his connections. Again, as a lawyer who has been operating and practicing law in Newport Beach for many years. And has just recently shifted from a position of public defender to hoity-toity hoi yeah. boy. Yeah. Lawyer. Hoity-toity boy. Hoi, hoi, he's a hoity-toity boy. He's a hoity-toity <laughs> <laughs> Anyway. Anyway, she's like, okay, there is always the option of my dad. And he's like, God damn it. I'm loath to, but I gotta do it. So now we're at the lighthouse pre-open. The yeah, we've jumped there already. Yeah. Okay. Um. Oh, oh, really quick. Yes. B plot. The B plot. Um. Uh, Summer and Seth, and I will say this: in the in the B plot, Summer and Seth have been doing their best to sort of renovate. Um, Marissa's room and get it ready for her to actually live there. Um, Seth is a klutz and he smacks a giant hole in the drywall and I guarantee neither of them know how to fix drywall. Mm -hmm. So that hole is there. (laughs) That hole is just there and I do think they covered it with a bookshelf. Listen. In the final scene. Listen. You're not giving Summer enough credit. She knows what a level is. <laughs> oh my god, if she knew how to patch drywall, that would be fucking awesome. And I would be really sad that they did not show an explicit scene of her patching the drywall. It's in the bloopers. Her fucking taping and mudding it and yes. fucking painting it. <laughs> I only know what taping and mudding is because I now I work with contractors. But anyway, um, their little, like, their fun banter... Um, the last few episodes of, you know, when we've gotten little looks into their relationship, it all seemed a little too, it all seemed a little too good. Yeah. Because the interaction that embodied and defined their relationships before they started dating was all banter. Is this when the yearbook? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, they're, they poke fun at each other. But in like in an, in a way that obviously they're both into it, you know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, like the B plot, although very very flimsy, um, does actually have an important. It does have some weight at the end because, uh, spoiler alert: at the very end, Caleb blackmails Marissa into agreeing to live with her mom again yep. after the wedding, um, and so it's sort of like. To me, it's a bitter, a bittersweet gift that her friends have given her by making this really comfortable, pretty bedroom um, in Jimmy's apartment that she will ostensibly not get to live in. Yeah. Um, anyway. Um, we can argue that they would have joint custody and she would be able to go there sometimes. Mm-hmm. We can hope. Because I hope we go back to this set because I do whatever. I think it's cute. It's very cute. Um. 
So in a completely garish and ugly way. Yes, it's very tacky, <laughs> <laughs> super garish and ugly, um, but but in an endearing, cutesy way. Um, so they're unpacking a bunch of Marissa's stuff and going through boxes and. Uh, Summer finds last year's yearbook, and she's like, oh, my God, I love yearbooks. It's 2002's yearbook. Yep. So, and Seth is like, oh, my God, put that down. I'm definitely not in that in very sad ways. <laughs> Look over there. Yeah. And she starts paging through the yearbook. <laughs> and lo and behold, there's a bunch of pictures of Seth being the only member of various clubs, which we're not going to call. Are we going to? Okay. We're not going to call. No. Oh, call her. I was going to. Do it. Is that okay? But I think she might be watching the. Oh, no. I think it's on Sunday. <laughs> we're calling our teacher friend, <laughs> who's my sister, to ask her a specific question about high school experiences again. Hello. Hi. Hello. So you're on our podcast again. Is that okay? Oh my gosh. I guess it is. <laughs> you can say no if you don't want to be. <laughs> I guess it's fine. Because we have a quick question for you. So in the episode that we most recently watched, they were going through a yearbook, one of their high school yearbooks from 2002, which was the previous year because it's, it's supposed to be 2003. Anyway, that's totally irrelevant. One of the characters is evidently the only member of a number of clubs. Emily has seen this show. It's Seth. Okay, yeah. Seth is the only member of, like, the cinema, the his, the historic cinema, uh, what, like, uh, um... The Sailing Club? Sailing Club, Cinematic... Um, preservation. Preservation Club. Uh, what, like, Chess Club? Not he, Chess Club. He's the president and sole member of, like, five clubs. So nice. you are our teacher... Is it possible to have a club with one person in it? Um, in our school district, students can start whatever club they want, and they just need a staff sponsor to supervise. So I guess they could fill out all the paperwork for a club and start their club and have a staff sponsor and be the only one that shows up. I guess it's possible. I We've had some weird clubs at my school we had a trifold brochure club for a while a uh, what? they'd make trifold brochures and fold them uh we had a nap club nap club yes um at lunchtime did everyone come to nap club what did everyone come to nap club no, there were not that many people. It was just, it was a girl who I had in class who started it, who fell asleep in class all the time. So it was really, she needed to have nap club. Um, and then we have, you know, Garfield Club. And Famously, so we, we some, love Garfield Club. So we have some weird clubs. So I guess, theoretically, any student has the, uh, what, right and power to start any club they want. And if nobody shows up, then I guess there could be one with one member. Wow. wow. Not what I expected. <laughs> our minds are blown. Yeah. Thank you for being our resident teacher and um, specialist in this regard. Uh-huh. Of course. Anytime. Thanks for being on our podcast. Do you have okay, a question, honey? you're welcome. Do you have a question? 
What are your feelings on teen drinking and driving? On what? Teen drinking and driving. Oh, that's stupid. This is the episode where Luke gets into the car accident. Oh, yeah, that one. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. In general, right now, in the high school population, a lot of devious behaviors seem down. Like drinking, like um, drugs, like sex. <laughs> like, by surveys, teenagers right now aren't engaging in those kind of behaviors that much or as much as, you know, they used to. And we teachers talk about this a lot and that it's phones, that they don't know how to, like, socialize in that way anymore <laughs> because of phones or also because of COVID. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So hopefully that means there's less teen drinking and driving also. We can oh. hope. Or you could just start yes. on the first season of the OC and then they would remember how to drink and drive. <laughs> Fuck, show yeah, the first maybe, two episodes maybe, and they'll remember how to drink and yeah. drive. Maybe they need to watch this show to get it back together as, you know, <laughs> what kind of teenagers they should be. As cool teens, man. <laughs> raising a generation of lameoids. Of lame teens. Okay. Thank you, Emily. <laughs> You're welcome. Love you. Bye. Bye. Love you. Bye. That is not the answer I was expecting. No. Wow, Seth Cohen could have been the president and sole member of all of those clubs. So anyway, um, she's like, uh, this is a, it's a nice little moment because Summer is like, was I really mean to you? And Seth is like, you would know because you would have had to talk to me <laughs> to be mean to me. Yeah. And she's like, they sort of have like a moment and she's like, oh, a lot has changed over the year. And she goes to the back of the book and Marissa has signed his book and Luke has signed his book. And he's like, yeah, a lot has changed over no, the year. No, it's Marissa's yearbook because oh, they're in her house. That's and the fucking right. Is, that makes more sense. The signature from Luke is this summer is going to be baller. I love you forever. And that's when Summer yep. says a lot has changed. Yep, 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 yep. Okay, so now we are at the meatloaf, meatloaf, and martini party. <laughs> yes. And oh, sorry. I'm sorry. They said that they were only going to stay. The reason I remember that scene at all is because they agreed they were only going to stay for about 10 minutes, and then they were going to go keep working on Marissa's room. Yes. The stamina that these kids have, man. I think it's important because un- if because Seth keeps harping on how late they're staying up to be working on this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and how much time they're putting into it. And if they hadn't have done that, then it would have been very unbelievable the amount of work they got done in the amount of time that they had. And I know that this show doesn't give a shit about suspension of disbelief, but anyway. True. Sorry, now we're at the party. And it's briefly confusing because you see Luke in the truck and there's some, uh, like... Uh, What's I can't remember. Well, he's sitting in his truck Sammy outside. Sammy Davis Jr. jazz playing, and you're like, why is Luke listening to this? But he's not. It's just the general. He's almost certainly listening to like Ted Nugent or something. Not Ted Nugent. He's listening to Night Moves on repeat, and we'll get to that. <laughs> it's just Night Moves the whole time. Yes. Um. 
Yes, but he's he's sort of creepily watching people enter the party, and he's definitely drinking some brewskis. But they could not get their Rolling Rock sponsor back uh, because of the underage uh, driving and drinking, is my yep. guess. So it is label-obscured beer. Yep. Um, there's a few party scenes. Seth and Summer make baseball signals at each other to <laughs> leave and go work on the room. Uh Haley and Jimmy make eyes at each other, etc., etc. This is so. There's one shot in here that I noticed where they we move from sort of from tableau to tableau to tableau, and it's all a single shot. Yeah, which is actually kind of neat for this show. Did they learn a single shot trick? I guess they did. Yeah. So what we we go? Who? Oh yeah, I can't remember who we we see, but we end up we end at the bar where Haley. And Kirsten are talking. Yes. And Kirsten knows that all is not well because they're probably not going to get their liquor license. Um, and this is where Kirsten, then we finally cut to Kirsten's reaction shot to Haley reacting to Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Um, because Kirsten asks, what's your love like, life, like, life, love, life? Haley? And Haley's like, oh, you know, nothing. But then she's like, isn't Jimmy so cute? He looks so happy. He's in his element. And Kirsten's face is like, oh. I do also want to point out that there are a couple establishing shots of people getting little plates of food from, like, uh, catering trays. Yeah. None of which is visibly meatloaf. No, absolutely none of it is. Yeah, it looks like vegetables. I see. I saw some biscuits. No meatloaf. We're deeply disappointed. Especially because there is a line even where Sandy says, uh, oh no, uh, Jimmy says, who would have thought that Nana's meatloaf beating out Mama Cooper's meatloaf? And Sandy's like, of fucking course it does. Your mother sucks. My mother, even though problematic, is far superior to your shitty mother. (laughs) So now we're in a corner of the bar where Caleb is dinging on his glass. And of course, this is the second when Luke decides (laughs) to get out of his truck and go into the party because he wants to talk to... I don't know who he wants to talk to more, Marissa or Julie. I suppose it's a moot point. Right, he knows they're both there. Because Caleb is publicly proposing to Julie and everyone in the room looks like they want to throw up. This is where we have so many reaction shots. We cut to Kirsten, we cut to Haley, we cut to um, Sandy, we cut to Jimmy, we cut to... Julie, who's like, oh, yes, of course. We cut to the ring, which is an emerald. Yeah. What do you think about that? Um, I don't know enough about metallurgy. It's not a diamond. That's my, yeah. like, is the wedding ring the diamond and the engagement ring can be sort of anything you want it to be? I don't know. Because she seems stoked. It's a huge fucking emerald. Like, yeah. it's the size of a thumb, yeah. this fucking emerald. Yep. Um... Anyway, yeah, it's great. Like, everybody looks like they want to throw up. Like, Um, Luke turns very dramatically and sprints out of the room. Mm -hmm. 
and Ryan goes after him because... I was so hoping he was going to make a scene. I'm sorry, Ryan goes after him. Um, does Ryan go after him just because, or does he, like, pick up on the fact that he's been drinking? Oh, yeah, no, he, yes, it's obvious. The drunk yeah. acting is, is acting. It's, it's giving. Yes. It's giving drunk. Yes. Uh... Ryan tries to let him, uh, get Luke to let him drive him home because he's super shit faced. Luke says, Home! What home? What home? Meh. Meh. And then drives off. And there is less urgency given to this particular development than, than I feel like should have been because drunk driving is very bad. Hmm. Yeah. But they're just kind of like, uh... Whoop, there he goes! That, look at him go. <laughs> <laughs> well, and this is when, finally, Marissa comes out and she's like, the fuck was that all about? I hate that fecker. And Ryan's like, he wanted to talk to you because he's leaving. Uh-huh. And she's like, why do you mean he's leaving? But she's really angry at him at first. And she's like, why are you taking Luke's side? Mm-hmm. And uh, you would think that maybe Marissa lacks object permanence. <laughs> because I thought the big kind of life lesson that we got from the whole Oliver saga was trust Ryan. Yeah. And listen to what Ryan has to say. But Marissa is a baby toddler who has never met Ryan before in her life. (laughs) So she's like, why the fuck are you taking his side? And he's like, I'm not taking anybody's side. But he's leaving, and that's what he wanted to tell you. And also, he's fucking Mm shit-faced, so we need to do something about it. Yep. Um, Can I have the keys for your car? Can I have the keys for your car? Yes. I do. Okay, a cab. Mm. All colors are beautiful, <laughs> but I do find it very. No, I guess not. Ryan off screen has probably had a lot of interactions with cops mm-hmm. that make him less inclined to call them. Yeah, but this really does feel like a scene where you wouldn't go sprinting after someone who was drunk driving. You know, at the very least, you would get an adult. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. Yeah. So, but no, they go canoeing off <laughs> to find Luke. Um. So now Luke is at like a makeout point type of place. He's on the side of the road. Are we there, or do we cut back inside to see Kirsten heavily drinking? No, we're there. Okay, but when do we cut back inside to see Kirsten heavily drinking? I'm not totally sure. Okay. But we're not there quite yet. Okay. Okay. So is this where he's listening to Night Moves? Yes. Okay. Which the astute listener and viewer of this television program will recall... Night Moves by Bob Seger was a song that was playing when... Luke and Julie first boned. <gasps> I didn't remember that. You absolutely did. We talked about it in the room. I thought we were just talking about night moves because we had night moves in our head for some reason. No. No? No. Oh, okay. Do you remember? She was. She opens the door and she's like, 
she was mad about something. Uh, it's irrelevant. And she was like, Luke, I'm going home and I'm going to listen to Bob Seeker. Oh, that's right. Drink a lot of wine. And then he comes over and she opens the door and Light Moves is playing. <laughs> She's like, oh, look. Night moves. I guess come in, barely legal child <laughs> who deflowered my teenage daughter. Let's put. Are you, here, are, you, are you here to put the night moves on me? <laughs> Handsome. Yes. Yes. So the writers love a callback. I love that he's listening to their song. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. And he calls oh ryan calls luke from marissa's phone while they're on the road and uh luke was super stoked for a minute because he thought that marissa was calling him and wanted to talk to him but he's visibly deflated when he hears ryan's voice and ryan's like don't do something stupid because we're coming to say goodbye before you leave and he does very stupid things. Well, he's like, they, the editing of this episode is, they make some choices. So at one point, Luke is furious and he is kicking the bumper of his truck and he kicks it like, tw- it feels like it's like 20 times. Yes. And, and every single time it's this weird cut. Yep. And while he's kicking the truck, or after he gets done kicking the truck, he says that Julie owes him a goodbye. Yeah. She does not owe you anything of the sort, my dude. Nope. No. Nope. But he's like, he's been down now, he's visibly very, very drunk. Yes. And he's like, night moves! And he <laughs> drives off in his massive truck. Is this where we go to Kirsten? Yeah. Drinking heavily? Yeah. Yes. So she looks like she looks to be in sort of like a fugue state. Yep. She's like, oh my God, Julie Cooper is going to be my mother in law. And she's like, stepmother. Yeah. And she's like, Jimmy, top me off. And he, no, it's right. He, she pours herself a bunch of wine and Jimmy's like, champagne. Uh, and Jimmy's like, yeah, no, that, that's fine. I didn't, I didn't want any of that because she finishes the bottle. <laughs> yes. And then he, I think they also talk about the ongoing liquor license issue in this scene just very briefly. Who else is there talking with them that's like, give me some of that? Sandy. Yeah. Sandy's there. Yeah. They're sitting together at the bar. This is where I noticed the not Malibu bottle. Yeah. 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 Um, so now we're back at the Cohen kitchen. Are we? We are. Who's there? Sandy and Caleb. And they're talking about the liquor board issue again. They're in the house? Yeah. Really? It's after the party. Um, the two, I'm going to, this is a very helpful bit of exposition from this source that I'm reading. So I'm going to repeat it verbatim. Do it. The two men repeat the exact same dialogue from when Caleb asked Sandy for a favor regarding Uncle Sean. And as it turns out, Caleb just likes reminding Sandy that he helped Caleb instead of actually being helpful. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, Caleb, Kirsten comes through. She's in a bathrobe and she's like, oh, my God, I need water. (laughs) I drank so much. And 
Caleb's like, I need to go check on my bride to be. And, and Kirsten's, Kirsten's like, like, I might throw up. Yeah, I'm gonna fucking throw up. <laughs> um, so now we're back in the car. Marissa's uh, with Marissa and Ryan, and Marissa is trying to call Luke and not getting through to him. And then you see the lights start flashing on Marissa and Ryan's face. Yep. Because they have literally come upon the car wreck, the truck wreck. The truck wreck. And there is a big spider web crash crack in the windshield. And it's got blood on it. And the paramedics are pulling uh, our boy Luke from the vehicle. And he's got a bloody face and he's unconscious. And... There is a lot of face acting between Marissa and Ryan. They're shocked and horrified and etc. And then we cut to the hospital room the next morning. In an unprecedented move for Orange, you glad we watched the OC. <laughs> oh, we're revealing the behind we're, the curtains. We're, huh? we're breaking the fourth wall. We cut recording at 10 o'clock last night <laughs> because we were too tired to finish. <laughs> it is the next morning. Well, it is the next afternoon. Because <laughs> we also slept in. <laughs> Jealous. <laughs> so now we are back in the scene. I'm hoping the audio isn't significantly different than it is last night. It'll be a fun time. We'll find out and see what happens. We'll so see now, how many people mow their lawns in the middle of this. <laughs> and do their fucking edging and their fucking <laughs> grass clippings blowing and fucking... So now we're drinking tea and coffee, everybody, instead uh-huh. of fancy drinks. Okay, so hospital following morning after uh, a commercial break. Ryan is asleep on the waiting room couch. Marissa is awake and, you know, staring Marissa Lee in the uh, middle distance. Luke's dad comes in and says he's had a surgery. He's going to be asleep for a long time. You guys should go home. Oh, yeah. I'm literally raising my hand to speak. <laughs> it, we begin with also Summer and Seth being there. Remember? Oh, yeah. And yeah, when the doctor or some, yeah, somebody's like, he's good. Yeah, yeah. Seth, it's his, Luke's dad is like, he's going to be asleep for a little while. Y'all should leave. Summer and Seth excuse themselves. Ryan says he's going to stick around. Um, Summer and Seth excuse themselves primarily to continue going to work on Marissa's room. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Ryan says he's going to stay. And Marissa's face says, like, why the fuck are you staying? Again, she f- it feels like, why are you choosing Luke over me? But then she's like, well, I guess I'll stay too. So they stay. Uh, in the notes here... I'm keeping it in. I don't give a shit. (laughs) They may have glossed over a couple things, but also for the sake of time, we'll consolidate. Now we're at the part where Luke is awake and uh, gay dad comes back in and says, that's not a pejorative. We love gay dad. We stand gay dad. Um, Comes back in and says he's awake, but he's on a lot of medication, et cetera, et cetera. And Marissa says, can you tell him I'm here? And 
Then we go to that conversation. Mm-hmm. Luke has... I really love... I love television and film makeup. Uh-huh. Because... He has the most... How would you say, like... Aesthetically pleasing wounds. Yeah. <laughs> He's got like some butterfly bandages above his right eyebrow. There's some tastefully matted blood. Right. Um, his hair is perfect. It's perfect. <laughs> he has um, like very artfully placed little, you know, cuts and scratches on his cheeks and lips, but he's mostly, he looks fine. <laughs> For someone that wrapped his truck around a fucking tree and nearly flew out of the windshield head first. Judging from the uh, butterfly, is that what it's called? The, the mm-hmm. spiderweb mm-hmm. cracks on his windshield, he should not have a head. Right? <laughs> Like, it would appear that that truck either does not have an airborne bag or it did not deploy. Yeah. Who knows? They have really good cosmetic surgeons in Orange <laughs> County. <laughs> they brought in their emergency cosmetic surgeon first yep. before their triage. Not, the, the face is very valuable. <laughs> He's like, oh, yes, I'll be there immediately. <laughs> um, this boy is handsome. Somebody get the emergency hair technician. <laughs> so Luke wants to and is apologizing to Marissa. He says... He was lonely and didn't have anyone, and he was, you know, in his feelings, and that's what made him drink and drive. And Marissa refrains from pointing out that he is solely the architect of this situation where he had no friends. Yeah. Yeah. So that's nice of her. Um, he says he hopes... Going back to Portland will let things go back to normal for Marissa. And this is not a spoiler. Marissa will probably see to the fact that things will not be normal for Marissa. <laughs> Marissa is a whole thing. She is also the architect of her her whole deal most her, of the time. Her endealment. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, but uh, Luke also says before he goes, he needs one thing. Can she forgive him? Yeah. And like... There's obviously the larger conversation to be had about forgiveness, you know, about sort of like restorative justice. You know, if somebody who wronged another person is legitimately sorry and, you know, apologizes earnestly, even that does not require the, the aggrieved to forgive them, you know, if it's not something they feel that they can do. And I have to say, this feels, uh, this feels a little like unfair, um, because he's just had a fucking car accident. You know, he's on a fucking hospital bed and he's looking about as pathetic as a person can look. And he's like, can he's you on forgive all the great drugs. Yeah. He's like, can you forgive me? And it's like, she's a high school girl, you know, of course she's going to fucking forgive him under those circumstances. But I don't, think that she should have had to and it seems awfully unfair that he's choosing these circumstances under which to apologize you know and say and ask for forgiveness because like come on dude like 
this this is not for her benefit. This is for your benefit to feel better about what you did. I don't know. Are you talking about in terms of all of the things that he has done? It seems unfair for him to ask forgiveness under these circumstances where he's like a pathetic waif in a bed. Well, there is also, I, I, I agree with you, but also to point out two things. Number one, this is a soap opera. Mm-hmm. And do you know what soap operas love? Big sweeping moments where they can score them with uh, orchestra beats. Sure. Number two, he is leaving. We do not know the viewer. He is leaving and Marissa has a lot of Marissaing to do. <laughs> so he might not have another chance mm-hmm. to do it in person. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. all I'm saying. All right. That's fair. That's fair. So she weepily, someone is cooking lots of bacon. Do you smell that? I do. Anyway, um, <laughs> she weepily accepts his apology and um, she like kisses his hand. Yeah. And says something like, I'll miss you or something like that. Does she say that? Yeah. Yeah. And then she leaves sort of in like a weepy, dramatic huff. Um, And then Ryan comes in. Yeah. And then we have the conversation about Luke being the new kid and falling for the girl whose boyfriend is on the football team. This show doesn't even remember that there was one episode where they were all on the soccer team together. Right, yeah. Were they, are we doing the... <laughs> this show has forgotten its own fucking shit. Are we doing the English version of football? Because no one has an accent. Um, it is funny, though. I really like, he's, you know, Luke's like, I did not think that I would be the one of the two of us leaving Newport. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's. it's a little sad. He said he thought he was going to stay there forever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't ruin this for me, obviously, um, but I hope he comes back. I hope he comes back because obviously we've said this before. You and I love, we've come to love Luke. Yeah. You know, he has become sort of the big golden retriever of our hearts in this whole crew. He makes nothing but golden retriever decisions is the thing. <laughs> yes. Driven entirely by heart and not by brain. No brain. No brain. No brain to be had. Nope. Um, but it's funny, yeah. And they're like, yeah, maybe, maybe I'll, I'll go and I'll, uh, I'll hit on the girlfriend of the captain of the football team, and he'll kick my ass. And they'll say, "Welcome to Portland, bitch." Yeah. <laughs> I would have liked a spinoff. <laughs> Welcome to Portland, bitch. Of Luke in Portland. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, been, we'll write it. Yeah. We'll write it. We'll write it. We'll option it. Yep. Um, we'll be scabs. <laughs> Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, God. Okay, so Caleb and Sandy and Jimmy are at the lighthouse. Caleb wants a Bloody Mary because it's the the last drink they're going to serve at the lighthouse because he has failed in his endeavors to procure a liquor license. Mm -hmm. Um, Big pause. Jump in. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no. He's like, um, they're like, and what? Sandy jumped. He just, Sandy busts his balls immediately. He's like, "Oh, that's all you got? Oh, big, strong Caleb Nickel with all of his fucking connections here in Newport Beach. You couldn't even get a tiny little liquor license. Ah, huh? fucking you, this big man. You got nothing, you little shrew." And um, 
Caleb's like not back pain. Sandy is back. Oh, my back still hurts quite a lot. I'm just caffeinated. It's fine. Oh no! I don't know what I did. It doesn't matter. Life (laughs) is pain. So Sandy uh, does his little diatribe, and Caleb is like, "Oh, you really pissed you pissed some people off here, um, Jimmy." Uh, I mean, not even my magic knuckles could uh, solve this problem. I don't know what this voice is. I'm sorry, but um, that's back pain, Caleb. It's hot is what it is. (laughs) We should talk about this later. (laughs) Off mic. (laughs) So they're like, well, what the fuck are we going to do? And um, they do the thing where uh, Caleb is like, I have an idea. But they cut away from the scene before... uh, the viewer is yeah caleb says something like you know um oh like jimmy says like this hardly seems the time to be celebrating with a drink or something and caleb's like oh you know i didn't say none of us would be celebrating or something he's like you know i i'm gonna be just fine you you boys should talk Uh, you go yeah he's like you and i should talk yeah and that's where we cut away we're like oh caleb is calebing yes he's doing some calebing so now Julie has come over to the Cohen stronghold to, for some reason, start fussing about her wedding preparations. Yep. Um, despite the fact that Julie still looks green. Oh, Kirsten still looks green? Kirsten still looks green. Yeah. I love that this scene, we only hear Julie sort of kibitzing about all of the stuff and we're focusing on just Kirsten's miserable face. <laughs> and she just seems completely lost. Yeah. Seth comes into the room um, and asks if Ryan is back from the hospital yet. This is where we find out that mm-hmm. Julie does not know mm-hmm. that Luke was hospitalized. And I think it's really telling that we don't see the two of them interact again, Julie and Luke. Julie does not go to the hospital to apologize. Mm-hmm. Julie does not want to hear from him because Julie has moved on to the next phase of julie Mm-hmm. hmm And... Seth is pretty great in this scene because um, Julie's like, oh, Luke must have been sad still about his dad and what's happening with that. And that must be why he got drunk and crashed. And Seth is like, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what it is. Also, can we talk very briefly about Julie's earrings? I do not recall Julie's earrings. So... They were very confusing to me. Okay. So they were, each one is uh, two silver bars, like thin bars. And the ones in her ears seem to be um, totally stationary. Like as she moves, they move perfectly with her head. And then the ones that are connected to that are sort of the droopy, swingy, bobbly element of the earring. and they, I just found it, I found it oddly mesmerizing and confusing. Like I just spent the entire scene just sort of staring at her earrings. Hmm. I guess that was just me though. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Not a, not, not a big deal. I mostly get mesmerized by the color of her hair. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. There's no way that's real, right? I, I don't think Like her it. roots are darker, right? I think she's probably a natural redhead, but not to mm-hmm. that degree of mm-hmm. redhead. I think it's enhanced. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's probably gotten to the point where she doesn't actually know what her color is anymore. (laughs) Um, I've seen videos of the 
inferior podcast where the actual actors <laughs> are Christ. recapping. Wow, really? <laughs> they do not have this chemistry <laughs> as hosts. Oh, for God's sake. No. Anyway. Um, her hair is still very red. Oh, she's one of the hosts. Yeah. Oh. Her and Rachel Bilson. I should start listening to that podcast. <laughs> <laughs> What's it called? Welcome to the OC, bitch? Yeah. 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 That's why we couldn't call ours Welcome to the OC, bitch, because it <laughs> already existed. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Next, we're checking in with Marissa, who has... One can assume not slept for approximately 24 hours. <laughs> yeah. Instead of going home to sleep, she storms off to Caleb's office. Yep. Because Caleb, I assume, doesn't actually have a home so much as he has a lair in the heart of Mordor. <laughs> <laughs> and it's too hot to film there, so he's always in his office. Yeah. Um. Oh, that is maybe another homeless watch, because doesn't he move in with... Oh, Julie? No. Yeah. No, I'm getting ahead of myself. Careful now. Yep. Careful. Sorry. Sorry, no sorry, spoilers. Sorry. So Marissa goes in to tell Caleb about how much of a shit her mom is yep. and how they can't actually get married because it's going to ruin everything. It's great. So she walks in and Caleb's like, Marissa, excellent. Come in, please. I'd like to speak with you. Um, the actor that plays Caleb is great. Yep. Like his whole demeanor is just he plays this role to perfection. Um, would you say he is good at acting? I would. Yeah. Yes. Yes, I would. Because um, I don't think he ranked in the actor ability ranking the last time we talked about it, but go on. So, you know, also the writing for him is very good. All of his words are chosen very carefully. He does not say a single thing that is unnecessary to say, uh -huh. you know? It's a real economy of, of, of language right. here. So she comes in. He's like, oh, excellent. I would love to speak with you. Um, you know, she, since I'm going to be marrying your mother, I would like us to get to know each other. And she's like, you don't know my mom. You don't know what she's done. And his reaction is fucking great. He's like, I know. I know everything. So I think we've been led to believe that after Julie learned about the car accident, she told Caleb. I don't know. I want to say that that's ambiguous. I want to say that they are keeping that line of or line of secrecy open for the possibility of them ha having a soap opera fight later. Really? Yeah. Because I read it very much as he knows everything. Like he he she told him. I think the show is very much if you do not see it on camera, mm -hmm. it didn't happen. Okay. Okay. Um, so then Marissa's like, well, then what are you going to do? Like what? And this is where he essentially blackmails her. But it's not blackmail because he doesn't actually have anything on her that he can hold over her head. Yes, he can. Um, this is where he says the lighthouse is never going to open. Um, however, what I've done is I've made your father oh, yeah, yeah, a yeah. deal to buy the lighthouse for millions of dollars that it's not worth. <laughs> so it seems like a pretty good deal to me on his end. The catch is I could reneg on that deal. I just and then he would be penniless and he would be run out of town. Yeah. Also, I just remembered a line from the opening night party scene where someone was like, Julie, you did such a great job with the decorations. And I was like, 
what decorations? <laughs> right, this is the most austere. It's brick. <laughs> it barely looks like they did anything since it was a construction set. They had basically like the food was in fucking tinfoil trays. <laughs> Ma'am. She, she did a great job. You did not decorate. <laughs> She's good at failing up. That, that Julie Cooper. Yes. Um, so he's like, you know, essentially, oh, what a shame it would be if your father was penniless and run out of town like a hobo. Um, and he, you know, and she's like, so what do you, what do you want from me? And he just keeps what well, he says, the same thing that he said in an earlier scene. You mean everything to your mother. Uh, it would mean the world to her if you would live with us again never has said that <laughs> has not happened <laughs> has not happened off camera <laughs> this is bull <laughs> <laughs> yeah but he's blackmailing her basically saying like i can save your father from absolute destitution um so long as you play nice and try and have a relationship with me and your mom Yes. And she's like, cool, guess I don't really have a choice, do I? And he's like, that's, that's a good girl. <laughs> yes. I look forward to seeing you more often and having yes. a relationship with you. So now we're in the final scene. Yes. This is where the Triplets of Belleville reference at the beginning pays off. Um, Marissa and Ryan go back to uh, Jimmy's sad apartment of sad. <laughs> <clears throat> and... They walk inside and there's a noise. Seth has dropped something upstairs. He's like, oh, I forgot her. He forgot her. Schlemiel. And Summer is like, Jesus fucking Christ, how are you a functional human being? He does make a joke earlier in the episode where he's like, my people do not build things. We okay. hire others to yes. build things. <laughs> it's like, damn, dude. Wow. Really? What about, uh, I don't know, the first temple? I don't know. What about uh, the second temple? Okay, that's fine. It doesn't matter. You, you know, you don't have to actually have a grasp on Jewish history to be a character in the show. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, they hear all this clattering upstairs and they're like, what's going on? Yeah, because she hasn't been home. like In like a month, we want to say. <laughs> In the scene, the the very first scene in her bedroom, uh, going back to that, she basically emerged from a pile of boxes. Yeah. Like, um, I don't know. It, it just, With like a, a shoe on top of her head. Yes. And like a little cloud of dust. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like a little pig pen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking. I just find my shoes. Oh, what did Summer say? She was like, oh, God, your t-shirts are touching your sweaters. <laughs> <laughs> show has fun <laughs> so the big reveal is they have unpacked all of marissa's things and painted a mural a wall they've painted a mural on the wall of paris uh-huh. with the little eiffel tower and the little moulin rouge uh-huh. and it's very cute and they've got her little headboard up they've got some some art on the walls and they've they've hung some some cute drapes and like weird other like curtainy fabricy like they're flag almost, type things. They're almost like it's a stained glass effect, but mm -hmm. with fabric. Yeah, it's neat. It's cute. They've chosen cute colors. It's also the tackiest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, they've got all of her books up. They've managed to hide, I'm sure, all of the holes that they punched <laughs> in the walls. <laughs> it's very sweet. It's a sweet moment. 
They all get into the bed. Marisha Barton, Marsha Barton, Trisha Barton. Misha Barton. Misha Barton uh, does a great job of crying on cue and looking very touched and also torn. Yeah. I think she does a really good job face acting like, oh, this is really super sweet and I'm not going to get to fucking live here. Yeah. <laughs> but she's also ostensibly exhausted because she has not slept for probably multiple days at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they all clamber onto the bed and the... The couples are hugging each other and smooching each other on the head and stuff. And there's another, just one final sweet moment they of gay panic. They just gotta fucking cram it in there. <laughs> Who, what, somebody says something. Um, I think Ryan says something about... Oh, he's like, did you paint that mural? It's awfully gay or something. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what he fucking says. <laughs> That's a oh, why? Because they, they, un- they unearth a Care Bear. That's right. Of Marissa's. Yes, they said it's not a plastic horse, but... Yeah. Yeah. And Ryan's like, how do you know what a Care Bear stare is? Yeah. (laughs) Only fag dykes know what a Care Bear stare is. (laughs) You fag dyke. (laughs) Are you queer, Mo? (laughs) I'm not a queer, Mo. I have sex with a girl. (laughs) Is basically what the conversation they're having as the camera dollies out. Uh. <laughs> and that's the end of the episode. Yay. Yay. We did it. Right? And there's yeah, storm clouds on the horizon of uh, Caleb Nickel and Julie Cooper being an incredibly powerful couple in Newport Beach. An unholy Beach. union. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. In Newport Beach. Um, I do hope we get to see him shirtless at some point. Uh, yeah, Marissa's going to have to live there, at least partially. Next episode is where they all go to Pride and put on their little Speedos. Um, it's where we see, uh, um, Caleb Nichols' top scars. Because he's a trans man somehow. I don't understand. It's fine. Um. This is veering a little too much into fan fiction territory. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. So I guess heroes and villains. I'm pretty sure we mentioned this earlier on, and I think I would agree. I think the writers are the villains of this episode. Yep. (laughs) Again. Again. We need a how many episodes are the writers the villains of count. (laughs) Oh, there's a... Uh, allusion to Caitlin being alive. Yes, <laughs> in the speech yes, that mentions your sister. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he wants your sister and you and your mother to be together. <sighs> we assume she's somewhere at. I'm assuming she's beside herself because she learned that her favorite Luke got into a car accident. Uh, so if you remember, she had a huge crush on Luke. Yeah, she'll probably never forgive Marissa. I'm doing my own head cannon now. She'll never forgive Marissa for driving Luke away to Ao3. <laughs> the Caitlyn Diaries. <laughs> my bitch of a sister has ruined my chances at love and happiness. <laughs> I swear upon my life, I, Caitlyn Cooper. Will not rest until Marissa knows the pain she's caused me a thousandfold. I have the one true sword. (laughs) Forged in the fires of the lighthouse's basement. (laughs) It smells like meatloaf. (laughs) And cigars. (laughs) Yeah. Wow, this writes itself, really. Wow. The Caitlin Diaries. Okay, heroes. Well, I was going to say, if we wanted to be very, very obvious, we could say that, like, Caleb is the is the villain. But I honestly don't think that he is. Um, no, hero. 
I was just going back oh, to the villain yeah, conversation, yeah, yeah. just yeah, sort yeah. of adding some extra sense to it. Okay. Um, I, remind me why the writers were our villains. All of the fucking gay panic. That's right. Just extra. It's again and just, again and again. Yeah. 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 The gender essentialism. Um, the boys don't like Care Bears. Heroes. Heroes, heroes, heroes. Well, fuck. If I'm going to take intent, uh-huh. crumple it up and throw it out the window, Caleb could be the hero of this episode because he fucking saves the day. Like, he just throws money at the problem and it fixes it, you know? Um, and, like, although his intent things. is extremely selfish yeah also i'm just gonna come out and say it i don't think marissa having a relationship with her mom will be a bad thing i think we have seen some growth from julie cooper not a ton but it's happening um i'm still here for her queen era um i don't know it has yet to be seen i think she's done a little growing um not a ton but for example she and ryan are no longer like at each other's throats constantly we're very, I'm going to say this as fast as I can. Go, do it. But it's a really, con, it's like a jumble in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, we're very much in the era of society where your family is your family. Mm-hmm. And you can't go against family, Sopranos, etc., mm-hmm. La Familia. Uh, yep, we're yep. not, as a culture, accepting of the found family era. But I very strongly believe that Marissa and Julie should have nothing to do with each other mm-hmm. because the relationship is toxic as hell. Mm-hmm. And if you're aware of that, if you are experiencing that, you get to say no. For sure. But because we are in 2003, they're going to be, no one is going to be estranged from anybody else. No one is going to yeah. uh, emancipate themselves. Yeah. Although, fun fact, Misha Barton did emancipate herself from her parents <gasps> Whoa. when she was young. Oh, snap. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. That's a fun little tidbit. My hero is, and I can't believe I'm saying this, it's Seth. Why not Summer? Seth and Summer. Okay. Okay. We can so say it, Seth and Summer. It was Summer's idea, though. It was Summer's idea. And Seth just kind of quetched the whole time. But he also did something that was not immediately involved in his own self-interests for maybe the first time in his life. <laughs> it's true. He did something, I mean, I guess you could convolute that and say it's in his interest to, like, be tight with Summer, mm-hmm. but... Oh, shit. That's laundry. We're fine. <laughs> I'm leaving it in. People know that people need to know that we do laundry. We do lot. La- we're clean, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. That's yeah. a good one. That's good heroes. Yeah. yeah. I would have said yeah, Summer and Seth because it was Summer's idea. Secondary villain, the actual set designer who did the mural. Because <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, it's supposed to be done by high schoolers. I, I know. mean, <laughs> I know. They, oh, 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 oh. Also, Seth, because one of the, he mentioned directly to Marissa, I know you like Paris. Mm-hmm. He knows something about her. <laughs> Amazing. Incredible. <laughs> the bar is on the ground. <laughs> the bar is in Caleb's house. In hell. In hell. In Hades. In Mordor. <laughs> 
I um, we're not entirely sure if the next episode is the final episode of the season, but if it is, we need to bring on guest host my brother Steve to watch it and record that episode with us. Um, so we need to do a little bit of research here, yeah, and find out what the what the what the dealings of the haps is. But Christ, it's been a long fucking season. We will look on DuckDuckGo. Yes, <laughs> we will install Firefox and UBlock Origin. And other privacy controls and potentially pay for a VPN because Chrome and Google can go fuck themselves along with Facebook and Amazon Web Services. Yeah. So that's the that's that's the final lesson of the day, everyone, is download Firefox and install Ublock Origin. California Sarah. California Evan. You just listened to Orange You Glad We Watched the OC. The show about watching and talking about the OC. Recorded in Guest Bedroom Studios. Hosted by Sarah and Evan. Original concept and discussion questions by Sarah. Audio recording and engineering and editing by Evan. Please give this podcast as many stars or thumbs up as the platform you're listening to it on will allow you to give us. Copyright 2023.